The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I did. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Uh, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches, reread Harry Potter, and talk about it. I am America's favorite griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am the red and gold menace, uh, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about chapter 16, title chapter, The Chamber of Secrets, in which we finally get to The Chamber of Secrets. All right. All right, this summary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, surprise, the boys finally figure out that it was Myrtle who was killed the last time. Uh, they have a hard time getting to talk to her because of all of the increased security measures at Hogwarts. Which doesn't really matter because soon the Mandrakes will be murdered to unpetrify everyone. <laughs> but Harry still wants to know what's going on. While visiting Hermione... Harry discovers that Homegirl has in fact solved the mystery of the Basilix and the voices Harry was hearing. It's in the plumbing, and no one is dead because no one has looked the Basilix directly in the eye. The boys, trying to trust adults, go to the teacher's lounge to tell McGonagall, but end up finding out that Ginny's been taken to the Chamber of Secrets, the school is closing, and that Lockhart is sort of in charge of finding Ginny. Once the shock wears off, Harry and Ron go to Lockhart, who is getting the fuck out of Dodge. Harry overpowers Lockhart, and they all go to Myrtle's bathroom, where the weird-ass entrance to the chamber is. Under the school, Lockhart causes a partial cave-in, and metaphorically blows his brains out with Ron's broke-ass wand. Harry has to enter the Chamber of Secrets alone. That was incredible. <laughs> like, this is my quiet applause sound because it sounds weird when I clap. The mic doesn't pick it up nicely. That was so good. <laughs> there were so many details of like this isn't actually important to the description but it's really but I'm just like wait no. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright we start this newspaper off with today's headlines Hogwarts recklessly endangers students for a year then acts surprised when someone dies. Sources say Honestly, fuck that school. (laughs) I feel like so many of my notes are like, fuck him, fuck this, (laughs) what the fuck. So let's get into that with turning to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. Beginning with Percy, LOL. Percy is so fucking funny about him thinking that Ginny's about to rat him out for catching him and Penelope. We haven't talked about Percy's sex life enough recently, so... I actually, actually, my first thing is, did Percy interrupt Ginny on purpose? Harry's like, Percy just appeared. And so I'm like, did he just, like, swoop in to be like, oh no, 
I'm so hungry, move, Ginny. Yeah, probably. Almost certainly. He is so embarrassed. Oh god, I can't I can't wait for the last chapter where we can talk about what he's been up to. And then his description to Ron, which is like okay, so the like thinly veiled masturbation, you know, metaphors and nudge nudge wink wink, like him trying to describe and not describe what's going on is like it's just the most like it makes it sound like that she watched and him jacking off and it's like just like a whole paragraph from just like oh my god I know and it's sort of like at this point we're like oh Ginny's the only one in this fucking family with like any chill at all like we were just talking about Ron's lack of chill in the last chapter and are about to talk about it again but, like, here comes Percy, like, oh, I mean, well, but, I mean, she saw, never mind, it was nothing, she just, mm, <laughs> yeah, calm, calm down. Yeah, there's just, yeah, zero chill. I feel like, I feel like she caught him doing something, like, much more embarrassing than jacking off. I mean, probably. Just for the record, but I want to wait to talk about it until the last <laughs> chapter, it's really important to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yes. Okay. What's next? Uh, I just want to point out, it was just very tender, like McGonagall, like shedding a tear for Hermione and her being like, oh, her friends are so sad. And I'm like, oh my God. I know. Oh God. I know. Such, so many tender teacher moments crammed into this chapter. I know. And I feel like especially because she's so stern, so then having her get choked up is, like, extra, extra special, extra tender. I know. It's been a very stressful year for McGonagall. Yeah, it really has. Uh, Which we could talk about later in education, I guess. Yeah. Um, So actually, Ron's lack of chill is my next note. (laughs) Where, when she catches them, and he's trying to come up with a story, he... Is very much like Percy, where he just is, he can't, he's so bad at that. But then, later, when they're hiding in the wardrobe, he gets upset and he slides silently down to a sitting position. And I wrote, good job, buddy. Because it's the first time that he's, like, really kept himself in check. I, I feel like this whole situation with Ginny disappearing and not knowing what's going on is, like, I think the only time when, like, all of the Weasley's lack of chill is just, like, this is just, like, I don't know. It's, like, shocked them into chill. Uh-huh. That sounds that sounds right. Because, like, even the twins are, like, quiet, which I feel like never happens. No. They're not trying to, like, let lo- What word am I looking for? Raise people's spirits. Lessen the... Anyway. They're not trying to change the mood in the yeah. in the common room and they go to bed at sunset that's like sorry this is off topic I just it must be awkward for like Lee and whoever else shares their dormitory with both of them because I'm sure it's just like they're so, I'm sure they're just loud and obnoxious constantly oh do you think there are other other people in their dorm besides Lee I feel like it's just the three of them I guess we never meet any elder boys in their grade I don't know if this is a correction but 
the description of Harry trying to get the page of the book out of Hermione's fist is ridiculous. It would have ripped immediately. Totally. Because it's from, like, an old book. Right. And she's, like, it's in her fist and she's petrified. It's, like, there's no fumbling it out of there. Well, it's parchment, which is skin. Is that harder to tear? I feel like it is. Leather is pretty hard to tear, so I imagine vellum must be hard to tear. I've never touched vellum, so I don't know. Yeah, so maybe that helped. I don't know if their books are printed on parchment, but an old one probably is. Yeah. But, no, I mean, you're still correct. Plot. There's so much correction for this chapter. (laughs) It's like, it's like so much is, so much is crammed into this chapter. It's like, some of this could have been in other chapters, honestly. This totally could have been two chapters. Yeah. Anyway, so you know in season one of Buffy, when there's the praying mantis lady, and she, Buffy defeats her by playing a recording of... I don't remember what what it was. What is it? I've only seen season one once, because I don't think it's very good. So... I can't believe I can't remember right now. Some kind of... Was it a bird of some kind? It's very screechy. Bat. Bat sonar. Mine, like, steel fucking trap. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So she plays the recording of, of bat sonar, and it blows up the mantis lady's head. So, the call of the rooster is fatal to the basilisk and I would like to say that if we had an integrated fucking society Harry just could have gone and gotten a tape recording of a rooster crow and beaten the basilisk in one second and this is exactly why they need to stop poo-pooing fucking muggle technology cause even if he got a live rooster you can't guarantee that that rooster is going to crow, but you can 100% buy like a barnyard animal tape cassette because it's 1993 and, wait, and just kill it. Wait, wait. Could you imagine Harry Potter with a fucking like <laughs> barnyard like speak and say where he puts the door and it's like a rooster? <laughs> 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 oh. oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> that should be one of our fanfics for Patreon. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So good. Great. Good talk. <laughs> okay, this is really ridiculous, but I don't know why I find it amusing that they have like a bell that signals like their class breaks and stuff, but I'm like. I don't know. It's just it's very amusing to me. I think so too. Is that in part because neither of us went to high schools with bells to signal classes ending? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So, but it wouldn't be like a like TV show bell on a wall. It'd be like a church bell, probably. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah. Oh my god, that means they totally have like a bell tower somewhere. Yeah, it might be even like a carillion. Is that what those are called? Where you go like play like the ding 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 oh. the chords and I don't know 
But there's some weird shit in that bell tower. I bet that's a really good place to hook up. Also that. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question. Okay. Which is, the basilisk has to be petrifying people on purpose, right? Yeah. Okay. Because it sort of makes it sound like it was it was just a coincidence that everyone was was not seeing it. Oh, I think that part is just a coincidence, but it does... I'm assuming that, like, Tom Riddle is possessing Ginny to send the snake on Muggleborn specifically. Yeah, but I think... I think that the goal is to, like, make people very afraid, and if if he just, like, had it kill someone or something right off the bat, the school just would have closed right away and so I feel like it's slithering around with its eyes shut until it sees someone that it can petrify instead of killing Hmm. because one it just is completely unrealistic which most of the plot of this book is like that's nonsense but Hmm. the chances that it wouldn't have killed someone by now are like non-existent Hmm. but then also last time it also attacked a bunch of people before killing someone so it must be that that riddle is having it only petrify people. But that seems like a gamble, though, because, like, if, I don't know, Sprout hadn't insisted on raising the mandrakes from babies, that, like, they could have just, like, I mean, it would have been like, oh, well, this dude is petrified. Let me just mail order some mandrake whatever they use to unpetrify restorative them. draft yeah so wait that is such an important point why have i never thought of that why didn't they just fucking buy some and just unpetrify these people because plot because plot oh my god i mean or if you felt like being generous you could be like maybe it's better if it's fresh or like maybe it's like all the shit the stuff from the store is like shitty and they gotta make it like right there on the grounds blah blah I don't but, feel like, like being generous yeah no <laughs> like in reality right this should have just ended with like you know an, a giant owl delivering like a case of this shit like, yeah oh my god that's such a good point Jesse. so <laughs> oh no the plot the plot <laughs> <laughs> this is see this is another reason why this is like a lot of important things happen in this book but it's just not very well written and I just feel like this is why it's like my one of my least favorite books I feel like it's well written but it's not well constructed which feels like an important difference that's fair like the writing itself is good and and good enough that like it probably took both of us many reads before we started getting to the point where we were like but wait a second yeah but wait that yeah. doesn't Right. And I feel like it's a, I feel like it's enjoyable when it's like especially for like later books when there's so many callbacks to just like how deep like Voldemort is into the like lore of the school and like his own hatred slash shame of his half blood status, blah de blah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like compared to like the mystery in Goblet of Fire, which is, like, I think still incredible. I'm just kind of like, meh. Yeah, no, I mean, the the plot is Swiss cheese, as we've been saying for many an episode. So, anyway. 
I don't even know where we were or who started that. So why don't you go? Um, I just wanted to mention that Harry and Ron hiding in the staff room in the wardrobe was just so much like the first chapter in the Golden Compass that I was just kind of like, that has to be on purpose. When was the Golden Compass released? In the 80s? I'm pretty sure it's before this book. Oh, right. This is right. Because it was in the early, I think it's in the early 90s. I keep mixing up when this was published with when it was set. Yeah. And this is published in like the late 90s. So. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think I you're, just, you're, you're probably right. I was just kind of like. Um, so when Harry and Ron like get in the cupboard, uh, they're like, let's hear what they say. And then we can tell them what we know. And I want to know, was their plan, they're going to hide in there, and then the teachers are going to finish saying what they're saying, and then they're going to, like, what, just jump out and be like, surprise, it's a basilisk. Like, what was their plan? How did they think it was going to go down when they, They, like, showed up out of the wardrobe? Uh, they didn't. I mean, I think their plan probably was just to jump out and be like, it's a basilisk. (laughs) It's it's, it's in the walls. (laughs) Oh no. They're, <laughs> they're so 12 in this chapter. Like, they are so 12 right now. It's and more than they have been this whole book. It's like everything they do. Yeah, I don't know. It's, very, it's not well yeah. thought through. Um, I feel like so many funny things happen in this staff meeting, though. Oh my god. Uh, like Hooch pretending to care about the students. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh... I just, I definitely just almost had tequila come out my nose. <laughs> yeah, I realized that you had taken a sip, and I said that, and I was like, "Oh, I, yep." <laughs> oh, I got god. a pretty funny photo of that. Yeah, you did. That was really good. <sighs> Um, yeah, and also, look, I promise every time I have good feelings towards Snape, I will tell you, and I love Snape right here. Like, big heart in my book, like, love Snape right here. So good. It's like, I so I have it in my notes about him being so sassy, and then I just want you to imagine his face. Snape's face taught, telling this to Lockhart and he's like maybe smiling at him but it's like mostly teeth so it's not actually a smile it's like someone who is waiting for a like steel trap to close on something that's trying to catch and that is what is happening oh my god. in this chapter <laughs> oh my god someone who literally doesn't even know how to smile doing it for the first time in like 10 years it is it is terrifying Lockhart doesn't know what to do no Snape has been waiting to say something like this all year and then all of the teachers just fucking (laughs) pounce they are so ready even like Sprout who you know is like super nice most of the time and like really like jovial is like oh ho ho totally yup you better go you better go do the thing yeah, I feel like I had a lot to say about that, and I think I had it in uh, education, so maybe I should 
Yeah, we can talk about it more education. I, I have more things about this meeting that are like oh, okay, less cool. jokey. Oh. But I just wanted to just I just loved loved that part. Yeah, like... it turns out my whole note about it just said all these teachers at Lockhart, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a particularly well thought through note. Um Yes, it's beautiful. But also Flitwick cr- bursting into tears. Again, so tender. I love him. I feel like Flitwick is a really excellent head of house and a really great guy. <sighs> yeah. Like the only teacher in this school that like, oh no, Sprout too. But where you can like go to them with your issues and feelings and they'll like be there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I feel like, which I feel like is really great because I feel like, I feel like a lot of like what people think like Ravenclaws are, it's very like calculated and logical and like book smart. I feel like, I feel like Flitwick has a lot of like emotional intelligence that's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. You don't, ha- you don't have to be cold and logical Ravenclaw. You can be a, f- a super feelingsy Ravenclaw. We're here for all the feelings Ravenclaws out there. So a sad note that. In the common room after the meeting, Ron is already using past tense to talk about Ginny. I, you know, I noticed that in my second read through, and I'm like, dude, I know so, that's so bleak. It really is, but it. I mean, from what they heard in the staff meeting, I don't think that the teachers they were like, yeah, she's dead. Like, there's nothing we can do, and they were. I, correct. I want to discuss that more actually in education, but yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just, like, really, it's just really tragic to hear him do that. Um, Lockhart does so much work to be a scammer. Bro, just get a real job. Yeah. I'm like, the amount of effort you're doing, you could just work for for the fucking profit. Like, the daily profit. Like, anybody could do it, really. I'm sure you and Rita Skeeter would be BFFs. Like, what the fuck? That's true. But it wouldn't get him... Like, he doesn't... His work is not for money, it's for fame. He explicitly says that, too. Where he's like, it takes work to get famous. So, he wouldn't get the kind of famous that he wants to be just by being a writer. You know? That's true. (sighs) That fucking guy. So many times to talk about him in this episode. Oh yeah, I have a lot to say about him, because he's the worst in this chapter so terrible my last front page is just that look i fucking love myrtle (laughs) i don't think i knew that i loved her before this read but like i love her and i love her response to being asked how she died it's like the most like goth princess thing ever it's like oh let me tell you about how i died i know and it's like it's like you're you're kind of a hero, Marla. She <laughs> really is. Like, my whole stance on her, I feel like I had been manipulated into having bad feelings about her previously, and now I'm, like, close reading. Myrtle's a goddamn hero. I I really like her. Well, you know, I feel like... I feel like media wants us to not like sad teenage girls, but I'm like, Myrtle is the best. Yeah, and I feel like her, the way that everyone, the the thoughts that everyone has about her are because they don't engage with her in a way that allows her to be, like, her best self. Yeah. You know? Because it, 
is very clear from from what we've seen of her so far this book that like she can be quite wonderful (laughs) and is quite wonderful as long as you just like talk to her about stuff that like she's interested in and like isn't fucking rude so during this chapter i realized that myrtle gives me kind of like tina belcher from bob's burgers vibes and people love tina from bob's burgers for good and i feel like and so it's weird to me to be like myrtle sort of on the same like kind of pervy preteen like you know sort of mopey but also like sort of genuine in her like preteen girlness i don't mm-hmm. know so so i've never watched bob Bur- bob's burgers but i have seen enough memes that i know exactly what you're talking about and i agree with you <laughs> and i feel like the abundance of memes is evidence of how loved that character is and mm-hmm really backs up your argument so yeah yeah you're correct we should let's brainstorm about some pro moaning myrtle merch yeah i would be into that uh so lol like harry overpowering lockhart (laughs) (laughs) which is also like if a 12 year old just bested you like bro like, what is your life? But he knows that he's useless, which at least is something. But it's also just so funny because I'm just like, he is useless. He is still an adult. Harry's like, what, 60 pounds, 70 pounds? It takes him so long to, like, go for Ron, who's probably also, like, 70 pounds. Like, he could just drop kick them. You know, yeah. Like, you, okay, you have a wand. I get it, but you're still maybe a six foot tall witch and a little like four and a half foot tall like children that know like three spells. Like, yeah, come on. You could have ran away, and they wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's useless. I don't know. <laughs> he's the worst. Also, my last thing is just, and I'm gonna talk about this more in the next chapter, but. The doors to the Chamber of Secrets is so extra. Why is <laughs> Salazar Slytherin so extra? Just... Look. Look. Don't shit on our <laughs> goth, dandy, asshole prince. <laughs> fair. Don't... Very fair. No, I mean, do. There's a lot to shit on about Salazar Slytherin, but not the dandiness and not the gothness. Uh, That's what I'm trying to say. That's fair. That is exactly what your fucking evil snake chamber should look like. I mean, no, you're right. It totally should. Him and Jafar, BFFs. Oh my god. (laughs) No, my snake is prettier. No, my snake is prettier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I feel like the Chamber of Secrets and, like, what Jafar turns the palace into are, like, the same room, minus the treasure. Yeah, they are basically the same room. Also, right, you have a secret, a Chamber of Secrets, and there's not, like, a bunch of, like, gold in there. Like, bro. Put that all in Gringotts for his offspring, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Who clearly just squandered all away. Yeah. All right, well, that was the only things I have for front page.
Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. Um, I want to talk about accidental magic. Okay. So Neville vanishes the leg of the table, right? When they find out they have exams. Exams! Um, and the fact that... So that vanishing is really hard, right? We see them learning that later and it's like it seems like that's a really hard thing to do and we know from the seventh book that like vanished objects go into like the essence of everything which seems really intense right and i guess basically what i want to get at here is like i feel like there is so much there should be so much more theory involved which we've talked about in learning magic because the if you can accidentally vanish a table leg the latin is unnecessary right the latin is like a conduit to making the thing happen but for whatever reason this moment made me be like there just should be so much more theory involved in learning magic because it just comes across in the books like you just yeah you just like wave your wand you say some latin the thing just happens but if you can accidentally do a super fucking hard spell then it's just so much deeper than that yeah yeah i mean it does seem like after a while like trying to channel it right with latin with your wand would be like holding you back almost Mm -hmm. you know if you could just like do it instantaneously without thought to be like a vanish a thing into the ether. You know? Right. And it doesn't even sound like his wand was involved. I don't think I didn't it did not sound like it like his wand was involved either, you know? Yeah. Which like kids don't need wands to do magic. It's like wands are almost like a something that they they come to rely on to do magic, but what if what if you what if you never used a wand? You know what I mean? I feel like you could... It might take longer, but I feel like you could totally learn to do magic without ever touching a wand. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And... Wands are the calculators of magic. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like I want to think more on that because I feel like I have more I want to say about it, but I'm not sure what I want to say. Fair. But... Yes. That's my only health and science, so. Um, uh, I have uh, two small health and sciences, which is, I actually don't even have an answer to this, but just the way that basilics are hatched, Mm -hmm. born. I almost put that in my health and science, and then I was like, I don't know what we can say about that. You put a chicken egg under something cold and definitely nothing will happen. But also, like, what is there to prevent Oh yeah. from just hatching a bunch of basilisks and, nothing. like, releasing them? Anyone can people. hatch a fucking basilisk. Definitely. I hope there's more involved than that because it, A, doesn't make any sense. And then B, right, you could just have a world where people are just like... Like, Voldemort could have just released 20 basilisks and told them to go murder people. And it would have been like... Yeah, damn, that was, that actually, I was like looked at it when I was moving my notes from my book to the computer and was like, 
oh, I don't remember why I really underlined that, which now I do remember why I underlined it. Um, there's too much of this chapter. I just like... There's so much stuff in this chapter. Right, no, yeah. If you just... Maybe keeping a toad still on top of an egg is very difficult. <laughs> Although yeah, you can just mean, put a freezing charm on the toad, so... Yeah, because, like, amphibians don't brood on eggs like birds do. Like, no. They just no. lay them and leave. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very strange. <sighs> Do you think it has to be, like, a special toad? Like, a magic warm-blooded toad that's super rare? I mean, I feel like it would have to be. Because, like, if you could just get any old toad and any old chicken egg, like, that seems... Or, like, maybe there's, like, other, like... It has to be under, like, a certain kind of moon or a certain time of the year. Because it's, like... Yeah, because why? why would it... Why would... this basilisk be so unique if any evil person can just go make a basilisk and they must be rare because like no one else thought that it might be a basilisk until maybe Hermione is like oh shit it's a basilisk maybe only the basilisk knows that people who don't look at it directly get petrified yeah maybe or knew before Harry figured it out. Slash, I mean, Hermione figured it out. My bad. Once again, Hermione's out for the count, and she's still solving the mystery. I know. Like... <laughs> Alright, my final health in science is just... Once again, just pointing out the logistics of being on essentially a water slide for miles underneath the earth, and just sort of shooting out into the stone and being okay. Like, you should probably be dead. Or at least super bruised. It could have... You know, it doesn't necessarily go straight down. They're, like, twisting and turning and stuff like that. So if it got really... The pitch got really shallow, like the end of a playground slide. But he he would still be going pretty fast, though, right? Well, no. I mean, the way that physics works, the shallower the pitch, the slower his momentum. Mm. Because gravity and friction right like if you think about like you're at the top of like a series of hills and you take your foot off the gas in your car like the steeper the hill the faster you'll go but if the hill like levels out eventually you'll have to step on the gas again that's true okay fun with physics which i have never taken a class in (laughs) god bless the internet yeah i feel like most of my knowledge of physics is just like passive absorption from like i don't know bill nye videos when i was in eighth grade when all i did was watch bill nye videos in science class welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff ron's wand literally a danger it explodes it, and it takes out a chunk of the ceiling. And a, an adult human's entire brain. I don't understand how the ceiling blew up and Lockhart's head physically is intact, if not fine. Uh, yeah, or like he should have like at least lost a hand, it sounded like. It's very confusing. Yeah, it really is. But like... 
holy fuck and even just even just stepping back from how fucking dangerous it is just the sentence where he's like can you imagine me taking my exams with this wand that's like completely useless is like how is this still happening like how is this still yeah like there's no there's no reason that ron shouldn't have gone through this entire year with a literally dangerously broken wand like it could have exploded him it right which i guess he probably didn't know that it was like that much of a risk until this happens with lockhart maybe but yeah and i guess maybe it's like the things that our 12 year old are trying to do maybe wouldn't explode a wand but trying to obliviate two people yeah you probably that's probably a lot of power it probably just like fried it essentially yeah but yeah he, that should have been taken away from Moran. he should have gotten a new wand immediately yeah like, yeah as i've been just, saying all book <laughs> i know just, yeah because like why have none of the teachers noticed and been like you you have to write home for a new wand right and it's especially and especially it's like if Moran had like glasses and couldn't see the board essentially it's right. like he's like going his entire year without the thing that helps him be able to learn the thing he needs to learn it's like if he had gl- needed glasses and couldn't see the board and also his eyes shot laser beams so his glasses <laughs> needed to be like refract refracting material that kept everyone else safe right because it's not just like he can't do his schoolwork; it's also like he is a risk to himself and others it's like so many reasons that they should have just been like you you may not continue using this wand it's right. not okay mm-hmm. okay what you got uh sort of along this line um harry and ron try so hard to get an adult to help them and it just doesn't work out and it literally backfires lol and so i'm just like this is why harry's just like well adults are useless for like the rest of the series basically that's true i was like multiple times you're like oh we're gonna tell McGonagall, we're gonna get lockhart like an adult can take care of this and they don't yeah and it's just so frustrating to me because it's like all right i guess this 12 year old's gonna go and do this thing and it's like no i know it's tragic, honestly, that it's like the first time that they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to go to McGonagall. And you're like, yes, go to McGonagall. And then, and and they didn't. So we don't know what would have happened if they had gone to McGonagall. Like, yeah. okay, so this is one of my editorials. So I'm just going to kind of segue into this because I don't understand. It's so clear from the teacher's conversation that they don't actually expect Lockhart to go deal with the situation. And all book, Harry and Ron have been like, Lockhart's books are bullshit. He doesn't actually know how to do anything. And the combination of those two things makes it really confusing to me that they're like, oh, Lockhart is going to go to the chamber. Like, we have to go to him because he's the one who's going to take care of it. When they should have still gone to McGonagall and been like this is what we know we know how to get in like you go take care of it yeah and obviously she would have had to take Harry because she can't speak parcel tongue but still like that would have been way better and it is like can you think of why they go to Lockhart I mean the only thing I can think of is like 
I think there's still the part of it where it's like, well, he's the defense against the dark arts teacher. So like, even if he's useless, like he probably knows how to do something. And I think there might, and I think the other thing would be that like, I don't know if the, I don't know if they would both be concerned about McGonagall being angry with them for finding out all this information and then not telling anyone sooner. Sooner by like a few hours. Cause they just found out. That's true. I don't know. It's, it, it, it I mean, I think that, I mean, they go to Lockhart because plot, essentially. Because you're right, it doesn't make any sense for them to go to him. Especially, like, because I, okay, maybe, they're 12, so, like, maybe they can't hear the nuance in the teacher's voices, and they, like, don't understand when McGonagall's, like, we got him out of our hair. They just miss that. Maybe that's the case, and I'll give them that. But then when they go to him, and he's, like, packing, and he's, like, I didn't do any of those things, why do they, like, basically kidnap him and force him to go with them? Like, he has stated very clearly that he can't help. So I just, like, don't get it. I don't get why they do that. Like, are they taking him as bait? Are they, like, which is horrifying to think about because they're 12. Like, that's, like, pretty fucked up. But I don't get it. Like, why aren't they just like, wow, you're a fucking jackass, like we're gonna go get McGonagall <laughs> like what's going on I mean plot plots what's happening okay. that's why it's frustrating because there's there isn't any reason for them to do that like they could have taken him by one point to McGonagall and be like this dude's a fraud there's a bath like un- under the school we need to go find Jenny like right the fuck now yeah you know yeah and so. and honestly in terms of the whole plot thing I I get that there's, like, a sort of deeply fucked up, like, feeling of resolution that we get from Lockhart obliviating himself, right? Where we're kind of like, wow, we've hated this guy for this whole book, and now he got his comeuppance with permanent brain damage, which is actually not funny. No! At all. And, okay, but, like, he could have just taken off and, like, they took his wand so they're going to tell everyone that he's, like, a fraud or whatever. And they still could have gone to McGonagall and something still could have happened to trap her and Ron behind the thing. Or they just could have gone alone. Like, they're... Yeah. It wouldn't have been hard to orchestrate something to make it so that Harry went to the chamber by himself without including this, like, really really confusing Lockhart piece of it. It's real weird. And I think it's only there to be like, LOL, he has brain damage now. Which is not an LOL. Like, no. for the record. That's... No, I know. That's, I'm sorry. If, if, I hope it didn't come across me thinking that it's actually funny. No, no, no. It no. is horrifying. Right. No, you didn't come across that way. I just wanted to make sure that we emphasize. That. Yeah. And it's so fucked up because, like, I know that as a child reader, I was like, LOL, he has brain damage now. You know? Like. Yeah. Because it is a very much like a sort of black and white comeuppance kind of thing that children are into. Where you're like, yeah, like, he erased all these people's memories and now his memories erased. Ha ha. Right. This is, like, poetic. Yeah. There's definitely a name for what that is. And I can't grab poetic it right justice? now is that yeah is that, that sounds right yeah yeah as an adult it's just like it's sad 
It is. Because, like, he is the worst, but, like... And I kind of... I also do see how, like, as a lesson for children, it's a little bit, like, if you do bad things to people, bad things will happen to you, right? Like, Mm. finger-shaky, like, he obliviated a bunch of people and then he obliviated himself, but it's like, I mean, he he's he's learned nothing because he can't remember anything. Right. And so it's like... Right. It's a very, like, bad things happen to bad people. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of kind of weird mixed messaging-y stuff. Like, I mean, I don't want to segue unless you have more about this that you wanted to talk about. Well, I just feel like... So, you know, in the in the Princess Bride book or movie... Uh, this happens in both there's the part where the kid who's being read to interrupts the grandfather and is like who kills Humperdinck and the grandfather's like nobody and he's like what do you mean like someone has to kill him what kind of book is this and his grandfather's like do you want me to keep reading like he lives he that's it there's like there's no there's no poetic justice and I feel like that's also an important lesson to teach children is like sometimes this fucking jackass comes in and he sucks and he did all this really bad stuff and he's not Voldemort. Like he's not the kind of fucking jackass that you can justifiably murder and he leaves and he's going to keep doing it. And you could tell everyone what you know and they won't believe you. And like that also is an important lesson. It would have, it could have even come back in future books where they like see his new book released and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's still out there doing that. And actually that would have been actually kind of great as Harry gets older, like every once in a while, like come across Lockhart. I agree. And like Harry knows his secret because he was like a 12 year old kid. Everyone's like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. That would have been such a good plot point actually. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Uh, what are we segueing into? Oh, just talking about sort of like really weird trying to say something, but it trying to have like a message, but it's not really working. Where like Lockhart has this reasoning about why he's why a bunch of people's memories is like everyone that did these cool things was were ugly. Like, why would anyone want to read about oh. that? You know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and so it's sort of like supposed to be a commentary on like oh that is terrible for you to think that like all the good guys need to be attractive and all of the evil guys need to be you know quote unquote ugly but it's like in these books we still see that (laughs) and so or like all of the villains or something kind of like the way that they're described does not make them sound conventionally attractive and so it's kind of like what's going on with this whole little thing because it's like not working compared to the entire rest of what we know in the rest of the series right it's almost as if she was like oh wow it would like really make someone a jackass if they thought people were unworthy just because they were ugly and then i don't know failed to look in a mirror (laughs) and see the basilisk looking back at her (laughs) to be like excuse you madam (laughs) what have you been doing for the past two entire books are you kidding me yeah basically I just thought that I was just very annoyed by that. No, that's a good, that's a really good call. Uh, Speaking of Lockhart sucking, which like that was more of like a JK Rowling sucks, but like Lockhart's like, listen, 
It was definitely Hagrid. You'll all see, like, no question, Hagrid did it. Is, like, if we're reading giantism as an allegory for, like, marginalized populations generally, Lockhart's attitude is the kind of, like, complacent white supremacy that feeds the machine. And I just think it's important to note. Yeah, yeah. And especially I feel like giantism in the series really, you know, is an allegory about the kinds of bodies that are acceptable to have in public spaces Mm -hmm. and, like, how Hagrid's body is in these series is, like, unacceptable Mm -hmm. because of her size and the sort of assumptions people have that go along with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, it's another reason why Lockhart is just such a tool. (laughs) Lockhart is such a tool. That's really all I have to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's the fact that like he isn't explicitly saying Hagrid did it because she's a giant. He just is, like, so willing to, like, believe and put forward, oh, of course Hagrid did it. Like, that's the thing that I think makes it really insidious. Because mm. that's, like, the like what makes it, like, an underhanded upholding of those beliefs as opposed to, like, the blatant kind. And those those more underhanded pieces of... I'm going to say white supremacy, but I think that it it could be, like, other types of bigotry, too. They're, like, the foundation. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you make, like, the hierarchy, like, you need a bunch of fucking Lockhearts at the bottom in order for the system to stay the way that it is. Because, like, the more blatant you get with your shittiness, the less people are willing to accept you. But, like, Lockhart brand shittiness here is, like, that's what that's what the system relies upon. Yeah, and I feel like for every... For, I mean, for, for every Harry and Ron, they're like, no, Hagrid is great, she didn't do it, she's innocent. There's gonna be, like three more kids who don't know her and are going to be like, oh, well, Hagrid is kind of kind of weird and like maybe, like Lockhart is a teacher and he's read all these books. Lockhart knows about this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those, it just kind of comes down to like the idea that like what really what helps Lockhart scam is that people want to believe attractive white cis white dudes Mm -hmm. when they're like yes i am the authority on this thing yeah and that's why and this has allowed him to coast to fame and people and especially like impressionable school kids are going to be like oh yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i realized that turned in or turned out to be more of like a politics point than an editorials point but oh well um what the fuck else is underneath hogwarts (laughs) (laughs) Last book, it was all these weird chambers that the kids had to go through. Now is like a chamber of secrets, quote unquote secrets, with a giant basilisk. Like, is no one investigating what's underneath Hogwarts if it's all this shit 
like miles underneath the like what do you like what what is anyone doing this is like what else is under there honestly all of the monsters as we discussed <laughs> last chapter <laughs> just 100 percent of the monsters so so what i'm hearing is hagrid should be buying less weird animals from strangers and just investigating more underneath hogwarts yeah <laughs> that sounds accurate She's going to need a intern, a monster finding intern, I think, because she, I don't think she can access most of those spaces. Oh my god, I want Hagrid to have an intern. I do too. Who is like just as into like animals. I'm yeah, Charlie like, yeah. Weasley. Oh my god. Char- Charlie and Hagrid were totally like I don't want to say BFS, but they are probably very close. Yeah, totally. And I think, oh my god, what a like tender spinoff to have Charlie Weasley come back and be Hagrid's like monster intern and like go investigate under the school and find all the rad monsters and like bring them back up for her and they're like so stoked about it together. Oh my god, and they can talk about the dragons that they love. Yeah. (laughs) So tender. Uh... Charlie Weasley would totally buy Hagrid a like poster of like all of the kinds of dragons for her hut. (laughs) (laughs) Full two streams of tears crying emoji right now. (laughs) I feel like I need to get like two little like blue river uh, paper cutouts on little sticks that I can like hold up to my (laughs) eyes when we're having conversations that make me feel that way. Oh my god! I love the idea of us having like pr- like mask like props. <laughs> we should probably we should probably do that. Welcome to the classified section where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. No fast forwarding. <laughs> Subject: Independent queer podcast seeks sugar parents. Us, a self-produced podcast doing its very best to make the world a better and queerer place one episode at a time. You, a lover of our content who values our work and wants to see us succeed in life. We will give you many perks in exchange for your support. Make a one-time donation through our website and get awesome merch in exchange. Or become a patron and get tons of bonus content. You can't go wrong either way. And now we're going to talk to you a little bit about our Patreon. Because... We have some goals and we want to tell you about them. And also we have some new offerings. We want to tell you about this too. For the $10 and up patrons, we have a uh, muggle study syllabus, which is just a a link roundup of things that I have been reading and I want to share with you guys. And extra bonus, I did in fact post... I did, in fact, share a link to an excellent fan fiction that has Harry befriending the Basilix from the Chamber of Secrets. Just saying. It's real excellent. Amazing. We also have a new level, which is a $25 level. And we have some pretty awesome exclusive things. Um, if you join at the $25 level, you'll get one tarot reading from Lark per calendar per 12 months. <laughs> We also will be the exclusive uh, videos of my baking things from the Harry Potter series, $25 level. 
and exclusive merch there will be exclusive merch and we'll probably be adding things to that that list as we go yeah all kinds of cool stuff we're adding to it all the time because patreons where we put all the weird stuff that doesn't fit anywhere else and and we hope to share all that stuff with you and to make it worth however much money you would like to be uh giving to us you know i think it already is worth however much money anybody wants to give us um, that's true we're like pretty consistent and on top of patreon uh just saying also so our goals our first goal that we're trying to meet is we would like to be able to pay to have all of our episodes transcribed as they come out. So we'll have to meet our second goal before we can go back and start transcribing older ones. But our first goal will allow us to get start transcribing as they appear in the world, uh, which is really important to us for accessibility reasons and is something that like we really value. And I know that there are other podcasts out there that like outsource that work to like their listeners um that doesn't feel super comfortable to us and it's not something that we want to do we decided at the outset that we were gonna pay to have our transcription done um it's not something that either of us can do jesse for time reasons and me for disability reasons that much typing is just like physically impossible for me so it is something that we're we will be paying someone to do but we have to like hit a point where we actually have the money to do that so yes our first goal will allow us to do that it'll cover the costs of hosting and um website fees and it will cover cost of labor for me jesse and theo for one episode per month so based on our current listenership if everyone listening went and joined at the one dollar level right now we would meet our goal today. So cool. Go do that or join for a higher level and get more exciting perks. And listen, if you know, that's not in your budget right now, consider asking for it for a birthday gift Mm. or whatever kind of holidays you might celebrate that involve gift giving. Yeah, and also just, like, spread the word about our podcast. The more people who know about it, the more people who are likely to join our Patreon. And also you can make one-time donations. Um, If we start getting a bunch of those and not a bunch of patrons, we will obviously take that money into account as we figure out what we're doing with that money moving forward. So, yeah, that's our spiel. Do you have anything else to say, Jesse? If you donate as a birthday gift, let us know. We'll send you a birthday card. We totally will. That's so sweet. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right. Our next classified for this week is subject seeking a goddamn meal. I've been so hungry for so long. Every time I get close to eating, I get pulled away and I'm just sick of it. Do you have some fresh meat full of blood? I love the smell of blood that you're willing to share. Please come. Come to me. Let me rip, tear, kill. <laughs> Serious inquiries only. <laughs> Amazing. Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school.
So Harry can't think of anything useful he's learned this year at the point when McGonagall says they still have exams. Um, he's, he's, he says this to us, that he can't think of anything useful that he's learned. While he is in class trying to turn live rabbits into slippers, which is objectively so completely and utterly useless that I think he is probably correct that he hasn't learned anything useful the whole year. But then how else will he get bunny slippers? In the witching world? <laughs> You're correct. He would have to go to Vohal Road to get his bunny slippers. <laughs> Oh my god, what if they're just out fucking catching rabbits in live traps and turning them into their slippers because they refuse to go fucking shopping on Vohal Road? Oh no, that's that's horrifying. Especially given our conversations that we've had in the past about whether or not animals that have been transfigured into allegedly inanimate objects retain sentience, which I still think they do. It is very horrifying. It's just so useless. Everything they do in Transfiguration is useless. I'm calling it. There's no reason to be consistently learning how to turn an animal into an inanimate object over and over and over with increasingly large animals. Not even increasingly complex animals. Once you hit mammal, you're basically at peak complexity. Yeah. So like bunny or raccoon or badger or whatever it doesn't make a difference so what is the purpose there's no purpose the school is a joke which is too bad because mcgonagall i know actually i feel like being an animaji is probably the most useful transfiguration thing that not that they'd learn it but like that people seem to be doing yeah, I and honestly, I can think of a lot more useful transfiguration than turning rabbits into slippers. I just don't understand why they're always using living creatures as the basis for their transfiguration. I don't know. And again, just want to ask, like, wouldn't turning an inanimate object into an animal be infinitely more useful? Both for, like, on-demand dog cuddles and also for fucking food food like but then okay but like if if you turn say a pair of slippers into a rabbit and then eat that rabbit like is it just gonna be like you're eating a pair of slippers like is it just not gonna have any nutritional content like it's very if you turn a rabbit into a pair of slippers and then eat the (laughs) slippers does it have the nutritional content of a rabbit (laughs) i know There's so many questions. I don't know. You're like, I feel like I'm eating just like plastic, like cottonized plastic insulation. That's what's in slippers, right? Probably not sure. enriching slippers because they don't know about plastic, but. Rubber, maybe. Rubber and like wool, I guess, or cotton. Yeah. But actually, I'm getting like a ton of fucking protein. I don't know. Yeah. So, yes, Harry is right. Anyway. Uh, so, I actually feel like... So, I'm torn because I feel like McGonagall's point about why keep the school open if we're not going to be resuming normal things like having exams 
But then I'm like, I don't think constant abject terror is also a really good learning environment. (laughs) What are you talking about? It's totally conducive to learning. All of the seventh years trying to study for their newts this year, I feel very sad for. It's the worst. I mean, obviously, you can't just, like, go around canceling exams. That's not how school works. But... Yeah. And, I mean, you could probably cancel things where it's, like, the second years. But, like, people come in to administer the newts right. and the owls. Like, it's not, like, just Hogwarts. Like, you can't just be, like, cancel them. They're going to be, like, okay, well... Right. These are still happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really... I, I Well, I mean, I don't think the school should still be open. Um <laughs> personally like these students are in peril you should probably not have your school open or you should just you're they're magic can i just they are magic like go take over another building like it's fucking england it's full of ruins like go find a castle do some spells go find anything abandoned that's big enough to hold you know 400 people do some spells, move the kids. There's no reason to stay in the building with the snake. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Why is it like we have to send them home or keep them here? There are so many other options between those two things. That is so true. <laughs> they could have just, like, pitched some tents somewhere. Like, cr- like, like magical tents. Like, or I don't know. built a magical structure in, like, 20 minutes. Right. I'm mad. <laughs> I, I, I'm very frustrated about this. Uh, do you want to... I mean, we can go into the things that are even more infuriating. I kind of want to talk about the what we learned in the teacher's lounge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my biggest thing is... Yes, the teachers were just fucking with Lockhart but like was there an actual plan to go find or rescue Ginny? No. That's fucked up. So I'm like I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm of two minds. Presumably this whole year they've been trying to figure out where the fuck the entrance to the chamber is and they haven't. So like what are they gonna do? You know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, they don't know what the monster is. They don't know where the chamber is. Bins doesn't even think it exists, which, okay. Um, Do you think Bins is even here? That's one of my notes is like, what is his take on this? Are they all like, (laughs) oh, God, the chamber. And he's like, fuck you guys. That's a myth. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But... But I, but also, yeah, it's fucked. Like, it's fucked that that they're not going to try to do something. But, but also, what could they do? I don't know. And I feel like I have a point related to this, which is like, it sounds like McGonagall's strategy, which maybe was Dumbledore's strategy before, before he left, is just to have the teachers, like, per- patrolling the school, like, at night, which is like... Sounds exhausting because there's not that many teachers and Hogwarts sounds huge as fuck. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, why isn't there not like magical tripwire or like something or like get the portraits? On? Like, I'm just like, what do you like? 
You have magic. The like portraits. Your solution is to have the like deprived portraits. <laughs> there is no excuse for the portraits not knowing that it's a fucking basilisk. Right. What is happening? Like, and I just can't imagine that their best idea is like, all right, we'll have like the twenty teachers that work here patrolling the school. Like, bring someone in. I don't know. Hire some. Hire some guys. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. No. It. Get some fucking, like, bloodhounds to fucking scent it out. Like, I don't fucking know. So, so many more things than seem to be being done, for sure. And the other thing with McGonagall here is, like, she comes into the teacher's lounge and goes, it has happened. Which is like, oh, you expected this? Like, you expected someone to be taken into the chamber? And, like... And if you, and if, if, if it was like, it was an inevitability, which is what it sounds like. And she's like, Dumbledore always said, then like, why is the school still open? Like, yeah, this just what I don't. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no reason for the school to be like, right. To be open. It's completely inappropriate. No safer place than Hogwarts. Right. Yeah. This definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no. Do you think Dumbledore is still on the Hogwarts grounds? Because, mm. like, literally, who would stop him? Who would even know? He doesn't who need a cloak to make himself invisible. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what a creep. Um. Well, yes, because he's there, right? When Harry gets back from the chamber. I don't remember. He's in the hospital for a minute, right, Harry? Oh. Is he? Am I, th- am I thinking about the last book? I think you might be thinking about the last book. I feel like he comes out of the chamber and he, because he gives Malfoy like a sweaty, disgusting sock. So he. Oh, you're right. Dumbledore is there because they're leaving the headmaster's office when that happens. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, yes, he's still there. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is kind of a witch NSA point because that's weird, but we can talk about it as an NSA watch when we get to that chapter. I don't know. I just feel like Dumbledore probably asked Myrtle about how she died, and so I feel like this is how he suspects what's happening. Mm. But like, maybe didn't anticipate having to leave, you know? Because mm. I feel like. I mean, I don't know how it would have gone down if Dumbledore had been in the school when this happened, but, like... Excellent questions. (laughs) All excellent questions. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. So I have some ranty rants about Lockhart. Yes. Yeah. So apparently he's just been, like, talking shit all year about, like, oh, I know where the entrance is. I know what the monster is. I could have defeated it. How dare they arrest Hagrid before I had a chance to do the thing? Which, honestly, one, obnoxious. Two, is really weird. Like, it's a weird thing to do and a weird thing to say. Because wouldn't they have been like, oh, rad, go take care of that. Even if they knew he was full of shit. And then he would have to come up with an excuse. Like, this is, I think, a continuation of the, like, ongoing correction of, like, inconsistencies in Lockhart's character. Because you can't say shit like that 
if you don't have a plan to back it up when you're Lockhart. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because even if, like, every time that happened, all the professors just are just like, okay, whatever, dude, and, like, walk away, then, like, right, eventually someone's going to be like, okay, cool, well, then you should go find that. Right, or, like, where is it? Oh, holy shit, really? Where is it? Or, like, oh, what is the monster? Like, we're really, we really need to know this, you know? Right, yeah. It... Especially if he's also having to be up at night patrolling corridors. Like, right. When he could just, you know, go take care go take care of it. Okay. Yeah. Great, bro. Yeah, his characterization is pretty inconsistent, this book, isn't it? Well, it's like consistent. It's consistent. He's the same person through the whole book. Like, he does things that are very, like, yes, this is, like, consistent as a character but all of that is inconsistent with what we know about how he obtained his fame Mm -hmm. so there's like this one really big conflict i feel like it's not like he's all over the place but like the what he shows us through this book in our you know uh uh, real-time interactions with him don't make any sense with like how he has accomplished his his fame Okay, yeah. It really just does uh, fall apart under a little bit of scrutiny. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, sure does. Oh my god. Um, Also, he has a life-size poster of himself on his own wall. Behind the doors and the doors closed, he can look at the full-size poster. Uh Uh-huh. He he definitely charges like 20 galleons for a life-size poster of himself. Totally. But who buys them? Because middle-aged women don't have life-size posters of pretty boys. Only teenagers, preteens, have life-size posters of pretty boys. I guess if you're, like, living your your best bachelor life, you might have a life-size poster of Lockhart in your home. Really? Are those printed on parchment? (laughs) (laughs) No! No! <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine you can put a moving photo on parchment, though. Like that just seems like it. That seems like the magic wouldn't work. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Why does he let them into his office? I was actually thinking that doesn't make any like, sense. Why? Why did he like monologue his his entire like villain speech about like it was all a sham? I know. He just wanted to get it off his chest and then obliviate them. Maybe he does it every time he obliviates someone. It's like therapy for him. I mean, that's a pretty big secret to be keeping constantly. It is. But you probably shouldn't. They're 12. Yeah. That's... Yeah. No one would have believed them anyway. I know. I just think it's really sad that, like, literally... None of the adults try to, like, console the Weasleys, like, call their parents, like, any... They're just, like, sitting in the common room being sad and quiet. I'm like... Mo- I mean, Molly's clock is definitely, like, mortal peril oh, for, like, no. a majority of her children. What is happening? Percy goes and writes to her, because it says that he's in the owlery, but why was he allowed to go there alone? But, no, you're... I mean, you're... 
obviously 100% correct. I mean, it's just a bad school. I, I mean, it just, it just seems so weird. Especially when contrasted in book five, when like, author is attacked and like all the kids are gathered into like the headmaster's office and they're all like sent off to the hospital like i'm just like they could like i just i can't imagine that like molly and author just like hanging out at home and be like well my youngest and only daughter's dead that's cool right. like well they aren't because aren't they at they're at the school i guess it's just one of those things that's weird considering that the staff finds out midday about and Harry and Ron leave for Lockhart at like at sundown. So several hours have passed and maybe it takes a while for an owl to get there, but it seems weird that McGonagall didn't flew the Weasleys to be like, so we lost your daughter in the chamber of secrets. <laughs> um, our bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, this goddamn school. <laughs> uh, have... And again, a lot of this is plot, so Harry and Ron can leave unencumbered to go rescue Ginny. Yep. This goddamn school. This goddamn school. <laughs> Welcome to Corrections, where we correct stuff. I have so many corrections i assume you also have so many corrections i don't actually think i have that i don't think i have any corrections oh okay so i have so many corrections so we have part two of hermione would never fucking tear a page out of a book this is the second time this book that she's done that she would never she would never she she can copy it down and she would have yes and what I'm sure is her incredibly neat handwriting. Yes. It's ridiculous. Second correction. The werewolf thing still, even though at this point, it has to be the case that J.K. Rowling knows that she's going to write Lupin into the next fucking book. And we still have Lockhart, like, I the saved a village from werewolves. It's... Sh- why? That's not... Because that's not... As far as we understand, Fenrir Greyback is the only werewolf that's, like, intentionally attacking people and positioning himself in a way to, like, turn people during the full moon. Everyone else seems to kind of, like, hide out during their wolfy times. And, like, they're, like, really fucking shit upon by witching society, which is terrible, but it doesn't seem like most of the time villages are attacked by werewolves and so for Lockhart to be like another village was saved from the monthly terror of werewolves when like werewolves are just people with a condition that's like kind of like kind of controllable if you have the right potion and even if you don't you can like do an Oz and just lock yourself up for three days like this is so it just is it makes me so mad that we're at the there's only two chapters left in this book, which means there's only like four chapters of the series left before we meet Lupin and like get 
intimately acquainted with what werewolves are actually like. And this is still a thing that's coming up. Here's what I think. Is that even though, yes, werewolves are a majority of the year regular ass people and then right 12 days out of the year they are werewolves i think that they're still just being murdered or whatever or however people are dealing with it when they're werewolves even though for literally 99% of the time they're people and i think this is why Lupin is having such a rough time of his life mm. because I don't think people consider werewolves to be people, even though almost all of the time they are people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and they're still people when they're werewolves. They're just uncontrollable wolf creatures. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't make them less people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that just shows that like werewolves are treated like shit consistently across the witching world. And I and maybe this is just another piece of like Lockhart's bigotry too, that maybe he's just like perpetuating lies about werewolves. And so maybe it's not a correction. Which I think I think happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I mean L- Lupin's whole concern about like I have to leave because all the parents are gonna be upset that I'm teaching their children when it's like Lupin is honestly the least of the concerning things out of all this that happens in school. Like, for instance, a fucking basilisk petrifying people. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I think it still could be a correction, but I also just think that the witching world is just hella biased against werewolves in a way that's just, like, the way that the U.S. goes through phases of, like, ridiculous, like, moral panic. Mm-hmm. Like Satanist or Stranger Danger or like whatever. Prohibition. In reality, those are not things you should, you should be concerned about. Like that's not, that's those things, that's, that's not the thing you should be concerned about happening to your children. Right. You know. Also, apparently, I think maybe we didn't actually. I don't remember if it comes up in this book, but there's a line about Hagrid going into the forest to like wrestle werewolf cubs. Is that in this book? I feel like that's a line in one of the books. There's definitely something about that, but I can't remember. Which should be a correction, because what the fuck. But on Pottermore or something, apparently there can be... Apparently if two werewolves fuck when they're like in the full moon and they're werewolves, that they birth... No intelligent wolf no. cup rejected I, I know it's almost as ridiculous as the like vanishing poop thing Schwer. but it's like basically trying to retcon the idea of like are there were all there like wolves no that are like werewolves in the because i came up in the last uh the last chapter the forest chapter about ron being concerned about their werewolves, werewolves in, the in the forest, forest. which is like that's Right, because that's what I'm saying is like we've had all everything we've heard about werewolves through these whole first two books is completely inconsistent with everything about werewolves from the third book onward. I think this is this is and is not a correction because it's both true. Does that make sense? 
I think it's a correction in terms of like being canonically inconsistent. I think it's not a correction in that even if there was canonic consistency about werewolves, Lockhart would still be the kind of jackass who was perpetuating bullshit about werewolves. Yeah. So yes. And I mean, really given the inconsistency of the Hogwarts education, it's no wonder people have terrible misconceptions about werewolves. Yeah. Cause they apparently don't go to don't go to school. I mean Lupin was like, Thank God Dumbledore allowed me to come to Hogwarts and I'm like, what the fuck? Well most people don't get turned when they're kids. Only Fenrir turns kids. And, like, it seems totally plausible that, like, either parents would, like, lock their kids up like Dumbledore's mom did with his sister, or they would, like, kill their own children. I suspect that there's a lot of baby killing in the witching world. Yeah. Honestly. Yep. It's a fucked up place. It it sure is. (laughs) Speaking of... Limp biscuit. <laughs> that is definitely a Limp biscuit lyric. <laughs> Everybody's judged for their fucked up face. Your your significant other life partner had a line from that song written on a like etch a sketch or something. What are those called? Magnet doodle. What are those things called? Magnet doodle. On the back of her bedroom door when we were in eighth grade. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew which line it was right now. That doesn't surprise me. Um, Currently in our car, we have uh, have a CD player. So we have a bunch of, like, a CD case of, like, mixtapes from, from, like, high school. Uh (laughs) That Nicole made in high school. And it's a very strange Mm -hmm. collection of stuff. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) God, she and I were so fucking cool in eighth grade you have no idea you guys (laughs) anyway more corrections i have so many more corrections all right so i'm gonna build up to the biggest correction so my next correction is the basilisk has to come out of the chamber of secret in myrtle's bathroom where jenny has to go summon it with parcel tongue from myrtle's bathroom why hasn't Myrtle seen what's going on? Oh my god. I was trying so hard to be like, can it come out somewhere else? And then I was like, what other pipe in this school is big enough for a 20-foot snake? Zero. No other, it can't come out a toilet or a sink. Those pipes are very small. A 20-foot snake is not very small at all. It has to come out in Myrtle's bathroom. I mean, can ghosts be temporarily banished from a place? Does she just, does Jenny just wait until Myrtle is not there? That doesn't seem right either. Yeah, that is actually a pretty huge correction. Myrtle should totally have been like... Either petrified or like, I hear this kid come in here and speak snake. And then there's an attack. Like... Also, how is this basilisk getting around the school? Because if we assume, which I think we have to, that it's looking for people that it 
will only petrify and not kill. That means it needs to be like going around the school with its eyes shut, presumably being guided by Ginny, looking for opportunities where someone's like holding a camera or like standing behind a ghost or whatever. How is it not being seen? How are they not being seen? Well, Harry was Harry was hearing the basilisk in the wall, so there must be pipes that go throughout the rest of the school that are that big. Sure. But I guess you're meaning where is it coming out? Are there like weird like drainage gates in like Hawk? I mean, I don't know. That is literally never made clear. Uh uh-uh. uh. This is like cool. It's like in the pipe behind the wall, but then how did it get out to petrify Colin? And then go back in without anyone seeing a 20 foot long and probably very wide snake. Right. Huh. Uh-huh. Which leads wow, us yeah. to our biggest fucking correction. There was no plumbing in Hogwarts when Salazar Slytherin built the Chamber of Secrets. Witches were still vanishing their shit when he built the fucking chamber. There was no tap in the bathroom with a snake sketched on it because there wasn't a fucking bathroom. You know, actually, I assume that the snake on the tap is something that Tom Riddle might have put there. I don't imagine it was there the entire time, but you're correct about how there was an, an like a like a live entrance to the chamber of secrets in a bathroom that probably didn't exist until like a couple hundred years ago or whatever right and there were we we established there were no heirs of slytherin at the school pre riddle however so i thought of that 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 riddle did the thing with the sink or at least sketching it but like the sink clearly is like put in front of the entrance But here's the thing is that Myrtle says that the tap never worked and she was there pre-Riddle opening the chamber. So if that sink has always not worked because it was guarding the chamber, that means that was pre-Riddle. Yeah, I mean, I think someone, I think that that not working sink covering the chamber has been there and that Tom Riddle discovered it and like probably just put a little snake on it because... Voldemort is real subtle like that, I feel like. But who put a fake sink over the Chamber of Secrets is actually a very good question, because I have no idea. No. And how did... Because when they're sliding down, other pipes branch off of Mm -hmm. this pipe. So, like, if we were assuming that, like, Slytherin just, like, put a chute that goes from this, whatever it was, not a bathroom at that time, to the chamber and, like, covered it with something. And then at some point, this sink was added. That would also mean that, like, at the time that plumbing was retrofitted into Hogwarts, which, like, what a thing to think about... Like, in the walls? Castle walls are made of fucking stone. Like, what are you talking about? It's in the walls. The pipes are not in the walls. I don't know where they are, but I don't think they're in the walls. But then they just were like, oh, like, weird. Like, a big, 
like a big pipe, we'll just like hook our new plumbing pipe <laughs> to the big pipe. And, and 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 what does that mean that like poop goes down sometimes into the chamber? Like where are those pipes going? These are these are all excellent logistical questions. Thank you. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. It makes me so mad that I'm getting really squeaky because I'm really upset about how much this doesn't make any sense. And the yeah. most upsetting thing, sorry, the most upsetting thing is that Romans literally had indoor plumbing like 4,000 years ago, which means that the witching world could have adapted that technology from the Romans and Hogwarts could have had plumbing a thousand years ago if J.K. Rowling hadn't fucking after the fact made it canon that they didn't. Like, she caused this inconsistency. <laughs> she created it. Otherwise, I would have to be like, oh, maybe witches just were like, you know what's rad? Indoor plumbing. Okay, we're just gonna... Cool idea, Romans. Like, we're gonna go with that. But I can't... I can't give the benefit of the doubt for that because she fucking said that they just shit themselves and vanish it. Which, I mean... is. <laughs> I I I am literally speechless because I just don't even know. I I I don't I don't even have any. I don't have a counter theory to this because you're right. It's it's so upsetting. Um, listeners, if any of you have an explanation that can calm my angry soul, please email us with your theories. Yeah, I. I don't I don't have anything. <laughs> well, that's the end of this <laughs> chapter. We've been recording for two hours. Sounds great. And thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet. You can support us in many ways, which Jesse will tell you about now. Tell all your friends about our podcast. That is a really easy and free way to you to support us um word of mouth is an excellent way for people to learn about new podcasts and new listeners is really great for us you can also follow us on social media we're on twitter instagram and facebook at the gaily prophet please share all the cool stuff that we do there because there is a lot of rad and awesome content there for you to send to your friends in your group chats you can also rate and review us on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook, wherever. Reviews help people find us and also make us feel really great and special. And you want us to feel special, don't you? <laughs> uh, you can also uh, visit our website and buy some merch from us. We have very cute merch. You are also welcome, if you have not heard yet, about our Patreon. You can become a monthly patron of ours and get a lot of really cool extra stuff. And you can also donate to us on our website. Yes. And speaking of our cute merch, if you donate, you get some of that. So that's rad. You can find me on the internet at larkmalakai.com. That's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com where you can learn about all the things that I do 
with my time when I'm not making this podcast and obtain some of those services if you want them. You can also find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi or at Radical Healer. Um, you can find me between episodes on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. And you can find me on Instagram at Live from Detroit. Our spoiler warning was recorded by Sarah Sarwar. Our logo art and all of our weekly comics are by Theo Julian Forrester, who you can find on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. And all of the music in our show, unless explicitly stated otherwise, is by Kevin McLeod. The information for that is in our show notes. Until next time. Wondrous. Poetic justice. Traumatic brain injury. Snakeskin. Jeez. You're so good at this.